Oh my God, the sky is falling. We're going to review Florida versus LSU and then wrap up with some questions that I want answered about this Gators team only here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. If you watch Friday's episode, you know that I'm going to get slapped in the face um, because I made a slap bet that Florida would cover the 12 and a half point spread and then Florida lost. So I gonna I am going to get slapped in the face whenever Dylan wants. He has three slaps now against me because every time I make a slap bet, I lose. So I, I apologize. I'll take the blame for that game. We're going to get right into the review here. Offensively, U-G-L-Y early on. This game was ugly. Anthony Richardson, I give you so much props because you cooked for most of the second half to keep the Gators in the game because uh, this was a very, 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 very bad Gators game. Uh, It was one of the worst games that I've seen from the Florida Gators in a very, 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 very long time. It appears that it's Anthony Richardson time in Gainesville. But, I mean, obviously, we've got the bye week coming up and then Georgia's. We've got plenty of time before that decision will probably be uh, publicly announced, although I'm sure the coaching staff kind of knows which direction they're leaning. So we'll figure out the exact details at some point in the next couple weeks. But uh, our run game was never allowed to get into a rhythm because that wasn't in the game plan for whatever reason. I get that LSU secondary was beat up, but guess what? So was their front seven and their front seven just hasn't been good against the run this year. But, you know, we came out running the ball, I believe, twice in the first few plays. And then the scoring drive didn't run the ball at all. It, it was weird because I get it. The passing game was working. LSU secondary's banged up. But not allowing this rushing attack to get into a rhythm was one of the worst decisions that I've seen from this coaching staff. And, I mean, we've seen a lot of bad ones this year. If we're, if we're just going to be honest, we've seen a lot of bad coaching decisions from this coaching staff this year. Um, It was just ugly. There were three absolutely hideous interceptions thrown by the Florida Gators. There was a fourth interception, of course, but I I think that the Emory one intended for Trent Whitmore, the thing got broken up and the ball popped up and then picked. I don't, obviously that's Emory's fault that that ball was misplaced. And I mean, probably shouldn't have been thrown in general, but I I get that that was his fault. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying that it wasn't a hideous interception because at least it wasn't, I mean, Emery's other pick. At least it wasn't either of Anthony Richardson's picks. They were just horrible, horrible decisions, horrible throws. Uh, Emery's second pick actually got him benched. Benched. I mean, I don't know if they're officially going to say, like, yeah, no, we had to pull him or, like, it just wasn't his day, all that fun stuff. But uh, it was was bad. it was, it was definitely an ugly passing game. Dan Mullen has proven once again that he does not trust his team to throw the ball downfield because 
we should have done that. That it was it was working pretty well. Justin Shorter's Hail Mary, I get it. It was a Hail Mary that LSU just blew. I don't care. But Jacob Copeland's touchdown was just challenging the sideline. That's what we need to do. Challenge vertically, challenge along the sideline. And Florida is just gonna cook at that point. But Dan Mullins just does not have the faith to do it consistently early on because, I mean, really only started to happen when our backs were against the wall. It was a horrible first half for Florida. Offensively, defensively, remained to be a horrible second half for defense. First, uh, the offense in the second half started to cook, but it was still just horribly coached, horribly mismanaged. Defensively, yikes. That was oof. Oof. So, Tyrion Davis-Price, the LSU running back, ran for 287 yards against Florida. He had 288 rushing yards for the season going into the game. So he doubled his season output. It was so disgusting and horrible and ugly. The Gators' defense, again, was completely incapable of forcing any turnovers, taking the ball in any way, just taking it away from the offense. That's been one of the worst things from this defense that we've seen is that as good as they've been, um, looking at coverage-wise, Kyrie Lumon, he's available. Jason Marshall this year. Avery Helm, they've both been, both of those freshmen have been fantastic. Rashad Torrance, Trey Dean have been playing lights out for most of the season. Um, but just, you know, we haven't been able to force takeaways. Even when our pass rush is hitting home, there haven't been enough strip sacks or, for, or forced fumbles on running backs or anything. Look at the Kentucky game. Chris Rodriguez went into the game leading the uh, the conference in fumbles, and we didn't force anything from him. He was having a rough time of things. It, it was ugly football. Our defense cannot take the ball away. Max Johnson isn't good. Couldn't force him into making a mistake. Tyrion Davis-Price sucked for most of the year. Couldn't force the ball away from him. Couldn't stop him at all. 19 missed tackles. I get it. We have a fast defense that they like to play aggressive and they like to fly in on you. But wrap a man up for once in your careers. Grab him by the ankles if you have to. The hip, the thigh, I don't care. Make a damn tackle. This has been too consistent of an issue for the Florida Gators where they just miss tackle, miss tackle, miss tackle, miss tackle, miss tackle. Poor angle, poor angle, miss tackle. Just so bad with the simplest part. The most... Uh, like the most ingrained football part of the game, making a tackle. And the Florida Gators defense has not been able to do it with any semblance of consistency. I am pissed at the coaching staff, uh, Dan Mullen, Todd Grantham. I am pissed and I am disappointed. And I hope that seat is hot underneath their rear ends because my word are they selling this team down the river right now. All right, college football fanatics, I'm switching up my mood really quickly. Have you heard about Prize Picks? If not, listen to the show more. You disgust me. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks offers more college props than you will find anywhere else because let me tell you i love prop betting and it is very difficult i love props it is very difficult to find props anywhere on college sports it's just an incredibly difficult to think and here we've got 
Power Five, mid majors, everything here, and that matters to me. Prospects allows mixed sport entries where you can take the over on LeBron. Uh, I don't care. Three pointers made and the under on Mahomes interceptions. You shouldn't do that if you're watching recently. Don't hesitate. Check out prospects.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prospects is daily fantasy made easy. Use pro use promo code locked on. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available and free with every platform daily. My words are all over the place here because I am pissed still. I'm looking at the good, bad, and ugly from Saturday and my word. The good, the involvement of Kimori Gamble and Justin Shorter in the passing game. We have quarterbacks who whether it's making late reads or just being an inaccurate thrower, have struggled to find their targets with any bit of consistency. Kamari Gamble and Justin Shorter are two big-bodied guys that know how to grab the ball. Strong hands. They reel that thing, and they combined on Saturday for 10 catches, 177 yards, and two touchdowns. Granted, one of Justin Shorter's catches, I believe it was 42 yards, was that Hail Mary towards the end of the first half. I don't give a damn, you know? He went up or up. And he got the ball. He came down. I don't care if he didn't go up. He didn't have to leave his feet. He came down with the ball. Kimora Gamble and Justin Shorter played fantastic games, and they were huge parts of this offense. And I've been clamoring for Kimora Gamble to get involved more. I need to see this happen more. He is an underrated tight end, and involving him in the game plan will help us long-term because we will get more high-profile tight end recruits coming to Gainesville and just continue to churn out NFL talent because we're tight end you, baby. Let them get involved. Another good, I'm sticking with involving people in the passing game, running backs being involved in the passing game. Damian Pierce and Malik Davis combined for six catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Damian Pierce scored his second receiving touchdown in back-to-back weeks. He's getting involved. He is a playmaker with the ball in his hands. Get the ball to these guys. They make plays and they make the defense respect them because for far too often, I feel like every tape Tuesday, I'm breaking down a passing play and I go, the running back's wide open in the flat, but it doesn't look like the quarterback looks at him. The the running back's wide open in the flat underneath. Doesn't look like the quarterback's going to look at him at all. And you could see they're just there like, hello. Like just, just give them a ball. They can catch the ball and they can make a play. Looking at the bad, the offensive line play, my word, was that sickening on Saturday. Unable to open up rushing lanes. Just completely unable to do with any sort of consistency, which they've been struggling with all year. That's the only thing that's been consistent about them, that they've struggled all year. I get it. The offensive line is playing better than we had expectations set for, but they're still playing very bad. Specifically, run blocking. People think that this is a great run-blocking offensive line because we have just just so many yards and such a great rushing attack and all that fun stuff, which, granted, we have a fantastic rushing attack. It is not because this offensive line is so good. It's zone blocking, and these ball carriers are just making plays by themselves. We've currently got more yards from after contact than before contact by a pretty significant margin, so... This is a team where the rushing attack is working because the ball carriers are making plays and making these happen. And pressure got in way too often, whether you're looking at Emery or Anthony Richardson. Don't get me wrong. Anthony Richardson threw two atrocious picks. Both of them were under pressure. So I get it. It's not entirely his fault, but he shouldn't have made the throw. But also, he's getting pressured immediately. I don't know what you want these guys to do. This offensive line sucked on Saturday. 
and I mentioned it last segment, 19 missed tackles. Yeah, we're looking at bad, according to Pro Football Focus. The Florida Gators missed 19 tackles, 1-9 tackles against LSU. That is just, oh my goodness, that is completely unacceptable. I played for a very, very, very bad high school football team in New York City where we just suck at football in general. And we didn't even miss that many tackles that often. Like, oof, it's, it's bad. For for high D1, for SEC football, that is terrible. And the defensive coaching staff should be ashamed of themselves. And I mean every level of it should be ashamed of themselves. Ugly, the interceptions. I mean, do I really need to get into it? The interceptions were terrible. And I might legitimately make Tape Tuesday because, you know, Tape Tuesday is four plays. I might make every play just about the interception. And I know that people are going to hate seeing that, but we need to see where these things are wrong. And even if I don't make it Tape Tuesday, I'm going to watch them and I'm going to be like, what the hell was happening here? Three of them were horrible. I mentioned it. it was Emery's second interception and both of Anthony Richardson's interceptions were just disgusting. Emery's first one. You know, it, it wasn't an atrociously bad pick, but it still was a ball that shouldn't have been thrown, didn't really have business getting out of his hand right there. And, yeah, like I said, it wasn't horribly bad, but it was bad. The other ugly, the coaching. Like, I, I don't even know what the hell was going on. I don't know who I'm more upset with. I don't even know what the hell we can do to fix it. It's just been ugly, bad, horrible all year, really. Like, Todd Grantham has no business being a defensive coordinator in the SEC. Maybe the Big 12. Maybe, but the SEC, he needs to go take a seat. Like that is that is bad. He is a bad defensive coordinator. I don't even know what his plan is at the time. An offense that we're playing could have third and three and our DBs line up 12 yards off the line of scrimmage. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? And then third and 15 against LSU, we've got them pressed. Finally, we're pressing on third down, but it's third and 15. You don't need to press on third and 15. That's not how football works. That's not an effective game plan. Because guess what? LSU converted the third and 15. So I don't know what Todd Grantham thinks he's doing, but geez, man, wake up. Like, come on. And Dan Mullen not running the ball to get into a rhythm killed our offense for a huge portion of the game because you didn't run the ball to get into a rhythm. You didn't run enough play action to look like you were going to run the ball and threaten the defense. And by the time that the offense really could have even, like maybe they were like, okay, the first half we won't run the ball much. Second half we'll kill the clock and we'll kill them. But you were down, so you couldn't even do that. It was, it was just atrocious football throughout. I don't know what the hell the defense was doing. I don't know what the hell the offense was doing, but I'm ready to fist fight every single person on that coaching staff. I don't care how many I'll lose. As long as I get one shot on everybody, I'll be happy with it, honestly. I didn't even care at that point. I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, and now I'm constantly disappointed, but I'm also constantly snacking during games. Just always. I snack incessantly. I drink a bang. I drink some alcohol. I'm not going to name names there. The only... I, I'll shout out Bang because I drink it all the time. But, you know, I'll, I eat Bilt Bar as my snacks now because I like to eat sugary snacks. I like to eat salty snacks. But Bilt Bar is what I choose now because Bilt Bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean but you've got a sweet tooth like I absolutely do, that is no longer a problem. Bilt Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy Bilt Bar if you're keto, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now we're going to wrap up with something I don't usually do, but questions I want answered because mother, mother, I've got questions for you. First off, 
who is our QB1? I know that since the offseason, it's been Team Emery, Team Anthony. I've been on the Emery Jones side, uh, but, I mean, Anthony Richardson, I mean, he played significantly better on Saturday. He made some atrocious plays also. That's why it's like, I don't know if there's a definitive answer for who our QB1 is because Anthony Richardson has a much higher ceiling than Emory Jones, but a much lower floor than Emory Jones. Like if Anthony Richardson plays bad, and I mean bad, like what we saw from him, because we've seen it kind of consistently now where Anthony Richardson, when he's bad, is bad. Like this is like not Vanderbilt bad, but like this is a bad, like we're a bad team at that point where Emory Obviously, he's got a lower ceiling, but a higher floor at this point. Because even when Emery's bad, he's not—he's not as bad as Anthony Richardson can be. And like Dan Mullen, clearly doesn't trust either quarterback. He's even said, you know, Anthony Richardson's got a long way to go. He makes a lot of plays because just out athletes people. Sometimes that's what you need to give you a little spark, a little juice, something. But it's just bad. I think during this bye week, I, I, I might dedicate a whole episode to just analyzing the quarterback position because we've had so many, so many high highs, like Emory's Alabama game. And Anthony Richardson's first couple games are just break like just breakaway plays consistently, which we know which we knew was not sustainable. It wasn't gonna hold up like that. But I didn't think we'd see it plummet as much as it did. And then we've had horrible plays like Anthony Richardson, any any sight of pressure, he's just going to yeet the ball into coverage and throw a pick. And Emory Jones just not not seeing things fast enough, but still wanting to make that throw. And then he's throwing a ball into double coverage or just into nothingness. And it, it, it's so frustrating with this team because we've got fantastic running backs. Our wide receivers are so disrespected because they haven't been productive enough because of our quarterbacks. Our offensive line is eh, better than last year, though, in my opinion. Um, defensively, aside from the LSU game, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal at all three levels. Honestly, I, I've been ecstatic with most of our play. Tackling's been a big issue, but coverage is better than last year. Run defense has been better than last year. Guys are making more plays, but not plays on the ball. It, it, it's frustrating because quarterback is the one thing where it's like, wh- I don't even know what we're doing here, man. It's rough to see. And I have another question for this coaching staff and for the Florida Gators. Why, why do we not let our running backs cook? What is it? Why, why don't you want our running backs to cook? Because we've got Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, and Naquan Wright have all truly been phenomenal this year. Like I've mentioned it multiple times. This offensive line has not been that good, but the running backs, I mean the ball carriers in general, because Emory and Anthony Richardson also, but the running backs primarily have just been making plays for themselves. Like they, okay. 61.6% of the combined rushing yards between Damian Pierce, Malik Davis and Naquan, right? 61.6% of their rushing yards are coming after contact. They've been making something out of nothing consistently, and they deserve the ball more. We've seen them getting involved in the passing game more. Damian Pierce has back-to-back weeks where they're receiving touchdown. He's gotten the bulk of goal line carries. I want to see us run the ball like 30 to 40 times in a game. Damian Pierce, he doesn't get as many carries as he should. He gets a lot of his carries near the goal line and the red zone and when we're backed up a lot. He doesn't get a lot of carries between the 20s, 
but both sides of the field, when we're between 20 and the goal line, he gets the carries, and that's great because he's also the best pass blocking back that we have, and that's important, especially when you're backed up, to not get a sack or get a safety. And it's also important when you're close to the goal line to not get yourself sacked out of range. But I'm just saying, like, Damian Pierce needs the ball more, whether you're throwing it to him, whether you're running with him. I don't care. Get him the ball more. He's phenomenal. He's been making plays. He's been a stud. Malik Davis, Naquan Wright, both very talented pass catchers out of the backfield. And again, Damian Pierce is too, but Malik Davis and Naquan Wright, they just built different, honestly, in the passing game. And they're so creative with the ball in their hands. Like we have one of the best running back rooms I think I've ever seen in Gainesville. Again, I'm 25, almost 26. So I, I didn't really see Fred Taylor and all that, but, but we've got one of the most talented running back rooms that I've seen in a very long time, maybe ever as a Gator fan. Uh, and I mean, I mean, depth wise, maybe not top end talent, but depth wise, we've got just, we've got five guys that I think can consistently see the field and most power five programs. We've got three guys that do see the field a lot for us, but they don't get the ball as much as they should, especially when we're a team that's been so successful running the ball. We're not being successful running the ball because we're such a threat to throw the ball. No, we're being successful running the ball because we have damn good ball carriers and we have explosive plays. And it, it's just things like that where it's like, we need to get them the ball more if we want to get this thing back on track. Because as far as I'm concerned, I said it before the season. If we lose four games, this season is a wash. It's a big loss. We've got Georgia in our next game. And I mean, at that point, that the odds that we win that game are very slim. If we do, I'll be ecstatic. Don't get me wrong. But going into this game... Like it, it's it's horrible at this point because this is a team that we should be winning these games. We should have beat Bama. It was a really close game. Had a few calls didn't go our way, a few plays didn't go our way, the pick, whatever. But we, we should have beaten Bama. We should have beaten Kentucky. We should have beaten LSU. The second year in a row, we should have beat the breaks off LSU and lost. Get the ball to your best players. In this case, that's Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, and Naquan Wright. They know how to make these plays. I have so many questions for this coaching staff. I'm so frustrated with them. But thank you for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. I'll see you tomorrow for Tape Tuesday, unless I can finally get that interview scheduled. Now make your second listen Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It's free and available on all platforms. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Uh, you can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W H O L E N I N E Sports. Be sure to check out my pin tweet. Let Locked On know why Gator Nation is the best fan base in the nation. We we really do have the best fans. It's awesome, and I will see you all tomorrow. <laughs>